This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello. Welcome to this qualification meeting. I am a food addict from Idaho, and I am your leader for this hour. After a moment of silence, will you please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay. I got pictures, so pass them over. So I'm a food addict from Moscow, Idaho. And I'll start off with my numbers. My top weight is about 165, a relative fly weight for FA, but um, a food addict nevertheless. My current weight is about 120. I'm five foot four, and I feel like my numbers don't tell my story at all, really, and my pictures don't tell that much of my story. Um, you'll see from my pictures, um, really, it's. I think for me, the story in my pictures is really in my eyes more than my body weight. It's like the the light is gone. <laughs> um, I always used to joke that the windows are you know how they say the eyes are the windows to the soul and I just like to have the drapes firmly drawn I did not wish anyone to know anything about me because um, I hated myself so much that I thought if you got to know me one bit that you would be equally disgusted and appalled and wish to have nothing to do with me just as I wish to have nothing to do with me um, a lot of this disease for me was about self-hatred and um, just and just unhappiness. Um, I didn't like being fat either. Um, you know, I wasn't massive, but at 165, I was pretty darn solid. Um, but it, it really, it was the mental torture of this disease. Um, I wasn't a food addict from the get-go, um, but it certainly developed into food addiction. I didn't even know what food addiction was for many years. Um, so I'll just back up a little bit. Um, you know, when I was a kid, the food wasn't that big of a deal. Um, I always loved food, um, but it wasn't everything to me, which it became later. Um, when I was a kid, I was the kind of kid, you know, when you see kids, you can see these little kids that are just like little stick figures, and then the ones that are rather more solid. Well, I was in the more solid category. And um, sometimes when I see kids playing, um, I hate being behind this podium. <laughs> um, when you see kids playing, I can move this thing, or I can take it off. Dare I? Ooh. Oh, there we go. Um, when I was a little kid, I never strayed too far from the picnic table. You know, if you see kids playing and they're out there playing and they're having a ball and not thinking about food, and that's just not the way that I was. I 
always kept one eye on where that food was. Uh, I didn't stray too far because that really was my focus of attention. And that didn't change too much as I grew up. It became more and more that the food was my focus. Um, I always was very out about my eating. I wasn't sort of hidden about it. I hear about people being put on diets or being ashamed about their food. That wasn't my story at all. Maybe partly because I, I grew up with my dad. He had a passion for food and a belly to show for it. Um, and we were eating buddies, and I, I didn't really, I wasn't self-conscious about how I ate. I was very out and loud about it. Um, if I was in a restaurant with some people and somebody said, oh, my God, I'm so stuffed, and that is just way too rich for me, or that's too sweet, and my ears would just perk up, and I'm like, bring it on, I'll have it, you know. I didn't care if you thought I was a trash can. That, that was, I was, I just wanted the food. Um, Later on in my eating career, it went underground because the quantities that I ate became so vast that I just, even me and all my sort of loud gaiety about my eating uh, couldn't hide my shame. And so my eating did eventually go underground. Um, but before then, sort of, you know, in my late teens and things, um, my favorite scenario was a buffet. A free buffet. It was Free food was just, sign me up. Uh, I'll be there. I don't care how much I dislike the people. I just want free food. And free food in a crowd was my ideal because, um, you know, my dad used to belong to this. Uh, I'm from London, and, and he used to belong to the Worshipful Company of Merchant Tailors or something, <laughs> some fancy club thing. And they always had these big buffets with like a hundred people and I just loved it because I would go up to the table I'd get one big plate of food I'd talk to some person that I really didn't care about but I was you know with somebody and I'd eat my plate and then I would go back up to the buffet get another plate talk to some other person I didn't care about and finish off my plate and that was how I sort of worked the buffet table and worked the room I as long I had a lot of sort of ideas in my head like if I was standing up talking to somebody when I'm eating, it really didn't count, you know, or if I was driving while I was eating, it didn't count. Or, um, Yeah, just, uh, but I loved to have somebody else to eat. I was always like, again, I wasn't particular about who they were, but I would try and rope somebody else into coming to eat with me. Um, it kind of took the, I don't know, it made it acceptable somehow. Um, but in my later years, I didn't really care. I remember one time my dad came to visit when I lived in San Francisco, and we went to a very fancy restaurant, and I, I had gorged myself so much that I couldn't quite fit in the number of desserts that I would have liked. And um, so after I'd put my dad on the plane, I went back to that fancy restaurant and ordered the dessert plate for two and just sat there in some scuzzy outfit that I was wearing, <laughs> eating the dessert plate for two. Um, I just, food, food just meant everything to me. It just meant everything to me. It meant, um, and I had a different food group for every different emotion. If I was mad and mad at the world, I wanted something greasy or crunchy and I would just like bite my way at everybody. Um, if I was unhappy, I wanted flour was like the salve for my soul. Um, if I was feeling good, then I wanted sugar because that would keep that buzz going. Um, I really, food for me was an emotional thing. I just, it just always, and 
mostly comfort. That was mostly what I sought in the food. When I, um, I went to boarding school from fairly young age. I was about nine when I started. And um, I remember we'd go to church on Sunday. And after church, we got to go to the sweetie store. And I would just load up for the week. And um, I was very careful about hoarding my food. Because um, at this boarding school, I couldn't... Uh, you know, I loved my housemistress, but she ruled with a rod of iron, and I wouldn't dare. I didn't even know where the food was in the house. I was so scared of her. So there wasn't easy access to food, so I made sure that what I bought on Sunday, I had it all through the week. I was not going to be caught without some kind of sugar item. Um, it was my insurance policy. It was really... Um, it was my security blanket. And I remember I'd come back from the store and I'd spread it out on my bed and I just like, oh, it just filled my heart. I just, with a warm, fuzzy feeling like I was going to make it. I was going to be okay because I had my stash. And as long as I had my stash, I was good. Later on when I smoked, it was the same way. Like, have I got my papers? Have I got my tobacco? And have I got my matches? And like, okay, I'm set. I'm golden. Um, I'm okay. And that was the way I was with food. I just, as long as I had food, I was okay. Um, I sort of developed a whole persona around, um, I, I was a tomboy and I, I definitely am still a tomboy by, tomboy by nature. I still am at my happiest in my Carhartt pants and my work boots, but, um, when working in the garden, but through this program, I've, I've learned to clean up a little bit and now <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I came into program when I was 25 and, um, 25? Yeah. And then, uh, I was in a couple other programs before I came to FA. So I was 25 when I came into those programs and then about 34 when I came into FA. And, uh, I hadn't really worn makeup before. I mean, I really didn't know how to do that stuff. And, uh, but the girls in FA taught me how to do that and shave my legs and uh, all that kind of stuff. And so now I can clean up good if I need to. Um, but, oh yeah, so I was a tomboy, I, I mean, I really do think I am a tomboy by nature, but um, I really developed a sort of tough chick persona, I really, and I had myself fooled, I really felt like, um, you know, I'm tough, don't mess with me, you know, I am just this tough chick, and I sort of thought... You know, I, here I was in boarding school. I've been in boarding school since I was nine. My mum moved to a different continent when I was five, so I grew up with my dad and not with my mum, and I'm, like, tough. Nothing touches me, and that was kind of, that's kind of the way I wanted it. Like, nothing's going to hurt me. Um, and the food really was the thing that was the crutch that kept that facade going. Um, it just... Uh, that that was my security blanket, and the same with the smokes later on. Um, that you know, the the smoking, the food, those are the things that just uh, made me feel secure. And um, without that, I mean, I you know, who knows? Um, Oh, it's hard to keep my. <laughs> I'm excited to be making this CD. I'm really excited to be here. I live in a little tiny tiny town in Idaho, and we listen to CDs at our meeting. They mean the world to us. So it's very thrilling to be making a CD here today, but my mind is jumping all over. Um, let's see. 
how I know I'm a food addict. I am just different with food. I'm just different with food. Um, one of the ways that I really know I'm a food addict is when I see people who are normal around food. Um, you know, my husband is uh, totally not a food addict. And, um, you know, say if I went to the farmer's market or something, he'll ask me, oh, can you pick up such and such? And he's all excited about it, you know, really excited. And, and uh, I say, sure, I'll bring it back for him. And I'll say, sweetie, it's on the counter. And he's like, okay. Now, if it was me, somebody, you know, well, A, I wouldn't have somebody else pick out my food because <laughs> I'd be too embarrassed to tell them how many I want. And they might not get the one that has all the sugar flour stuff as much as I want. So I hate, you know, I would hate to have anyone else pick out my food and I wouldn't be able to wait for it either um they would not be quick enough um anyway so if if I had somebody else who bought me food I would like thunder down the stairs to get that stuff and like it'd be gone in a flash with my sweetie he kind of like oh, okay I'll be down well the next morning there's this paper bag on the counter I shake it and it's like sure enough it's still in there and I'm like sweetie you know you were so excited about this yesterday and and uh He's like, oh, and he throws it in the trash, you know. <laughs> it's only one day old. <laughs> I pay good money for day old stuff. <laughs> anyway, so I am not that way. I'm just not that way. Like, I want my food now. I want lots of it, and don't get in my way, you know. Um, uh, today is just so different. You know, the biggest miracle for me with this food addiction, with this recovery on FA is that obsession with food totally gets lifted. It just gets lifted. Um, thank you, God. Next month, I'll be 12 years abstinence, which just is an incredible miracle to me. Um, but the biggest gift is just that freedom from obsession and also just learning to live my life in a different way. Um, you know, when I came in, I hated myself. I didn't know how to handle life. I didn't know how to deal with anything. Everything, I just turned to the food. Um, and FA has given me a solution to pretty much anything and everything that I encounter. And just the different tools, all the things that I look to for food, I now find in that relationship with a higher power, um, which can be anything. You know, I... I use the word God, but it really is just something that's sort of deep inside a sense of well-being that just wasn't there. Um, the voices, the negativity that I had, the sort of hatred I had towards myself, the, the voices in my head were just brutal. I mean, just painful to listen to. Um, so discouraging. I mean, I just, um, you know, being like, oh, you stupid cow. Why, don't even bother. Like, don't, just you're going to fail at it anyway. Like, don't even bother. Like, just quit while you're ahead. And, or, like, don't make a fool of yourself. Like, don't... You know, I never tried stuff. I didn't try doing anything. I didn't want to be seen to be trying because then you might see me try to do something and think that I was worthless at it. You know, so I just... I, I really come from a total underachiever people. You know, some people come into this program, they're lawyers, they just happen to be fat. Me, I was fat and I was nothing. You know? Um... When I when I moved from England to California to to become one of the sort of free beautiful spirits out there, which didn't happen, um, I also hoped to be tall, but that didn't happen either. Um, you know, I I uh, I hadn't got a clue how to find a job or anything. I was 23. I'd finished college in England, and and um, I'd had. I had had one little job out in Connecticut, and so I sort of thought that when I arrived in California, they'd be waiting for me. You know, that 
didn't seem to happen. And um, I really didn't know how to look for a job. So I, you know, I've always sort of, my policy has been like shoot low and you'll probably pick something up, you know, whether it's boys or jobs, you know. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't pick up too much. But um, anyway, on the job front, I really didn't. Um, I mean, I, I was a bicycle messenger for a long time and I worked as a house painter for quite a long time. I worked as in like in a cabinet making shop, being a forklift driver. And, you know, these were not the things that A, I went to college for or I moved to California for, but I just, I didn't have the wherewithal. I mean, it was sort of like I never was taught how to be a grown-up, you know. Um, even though I thought that I was the most worldly person and the most independent, I mean, in fact, I was just dependent on flour and sugar and that wasn't solving any of my problems. Um, a big turning point for me was um, a couple of years after I had arrived in California, um, I went back to England for a family reunion. I quit my forklift driving career and went back and um, with no prospect, prospect of any job to return to California, um, but I, I went back for the family reunion and a lot of members of my family are you know, quite well-to-do and smart and lawyers and goodness knows what. And here was me, quit the forklift driving and no more prospects. And, and, and you know, they all happen to be beautiful. And I'm like this stumpy run to the litter. Everyone's five foot eight at least in my family. And here's me at five four. And um, anyway, I just, that was a turning point for me. Up until then, I felt that I ate because I liked food. Um... But at this family reunion, I couldn't stop eating. And I could see it. Like, I didn't want to eat everything that my aunt had made for the whole family. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was cleaning out the pantry. Um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be outside having fun with everybody. I wanted to be out in the pool and splashing around. Um, but I couldn't keep out of the kitchen. I couldn't. I didn't want to be in the kitchen, and I couldn't keep out of it. And that really... You know, denial is a really, really big part of my story, and um, I didn't, I made sure that there weren't too many moments of truth in my life. Like, I didn't like those aha moments. I avoided them. Um, but this was just a moment where it's like, it was hitting me in the face. I couldn't not do it. I couldn't stop eating. And um, I went back to California, and... Um, I had once before, I had tried a diet. I have psoriasis, and so I tried a diet for my psoriasis. It wasn't to lose weight. I just wanted to get rid of my psoriasis. And it did nothing for the psoriasis, but I lost about 15 pounds. I'd never lost weight before. And it lasted for about three weeks, that diet, before I sort of just started adding things back in um, and then was back to the races. Um, but I thought after this English trip, it's like, okay, I'll go back on that diet, you know. Well, I tried that diet, but this time I could only last a week. And um, that's my dieting career. That's it. I I don't like deprivation. Um, I didn't really see any point in dieting um, because why would I diet? I like eating, you know. <laughs> it just there was no point. Um, so that diet didn't work. Um, before I had left, I had met somebody who was in AA and... Um, had heard about 
12-step programs for food. He mentioned them. And so I went, and I am really grateful that I went. Um, from the first meeting, I just felt at home. I just felt, I've come home. This is, this is it. And that was 1998, and I've never stopped coming to meetings since then. Um, and I just, uh, you know, I got abstinent, and I was abstinent for about three months and felt fabulous, you know. But it, there wasn't a definition to the abstinence, so I sort of started adding things in and redefining what I had thought. And anyway, it just, it just went crazy. And that was when the binging started. I hadn't ever really binged before that. Up until that point, um, I, uh, I just gorged myself, but I didn't really binge like I did this time. But here I had stopped eating. I had had that little experience of abstinence. And now I was going back to the food, but it didn't work this time. And so what would have been sensible is to get back abstinent again. But I just tried harder with the food. And that's where the binging started. It's like, it's got to work. It's got to work. I'm just not eating enough. <laughs> um, so whereas, you know, 10 portions or something might have done it for me before. Now I was like trying 20. And that, that's where I started this cycle of just crazy relapsing. Mostly abstinent, but crazy relapsing. Um, I got into another 12-step program that had a weighed and measured food plan and did beautifully for about 14 months. And I was 26 and slim and totally obnoxious because I couldn't get it. Like, what is wrong with you people? You just weigh and measure your food. You know, what's so hard? Until I relapsed <laughs> and, then, and then spent about eight or, eight or seven years um, mostly abstinent, mostly slim, um, but crazy. And, and really the big difference for me is in this program, it's so structured the way that we um, follow it um, that it really, you know, it's taken me through the steps. It's taught me how to use the phone. It's taught me how to ask for help to be accountable to a sponsor, um, to do quiet time in the morning, all the things that we do, um, go to committed meetings. Um, that was the difference. Um, just to give you another number that I think sort of tells my story more accurately than my top weight is that in one of those relapses, I put on 20 pounds in 10 days. Um, that was going from goal weight to you know, 20 pounds in 10 days. And that was in somebody else's house in a country where I didn't speak the language and didn't have a car. And, um, you know, there was nothing left in that house. You know? <laughs> a mouse would have gone hungry, but if it had come to visit. Um, it wasn't even food that I liked particularly, but really by this point, you know, before I started all this binging, I was a bit of a snob around food. I, you know, I, I really considered myself a gourmet glutton um, and rather proud of that. But, um, you know, once I started this relapsing, all bets were off. I didn't care what it was, really didn't care what it was. Um, I remember another time going to visit somebody, um, a friend of my father's, with my father. And these folks just didn't have food that I liked particularly, but I was on the rampage and I just, you know, again, ransacked that house. Um, I mean, just some of the ways that I was with food, we haven't, um, I haven't really talked about like, what it was really like for me with, with those relapses. I mean, they were just insane. Um, I would do something like, you know, say I, I remember one time I'd been abstinent about six months in this other program and, um, 
somebody said something to me that rubbed me up the wrong way a little bit, total stranger. And I'm like, okay, I'll show them, you know, walked straight out of that place and into a bakery. And, you know, I mean, they're long gone, like they know nothing about it, nor do they care. Total stranger. Um, but I went into the, and it was some fancy little French bakery with very delicate little fancy things. And I was going to get some fancy little thing to soothe my wounded soul, you know, the, the affront of this lady. Um, but I came out of there with a big old bag of day old garbage. You know, I, I, um, I'm a quantities eater and I'm a cheap food addict too. I don't do little frou-frou things. I do big bags of stuff. And, um, and that was just the start of it. It was like a pub crawl. You know, I just went from the bakery to the 7-Eleven to the supermarket. And, and then there's this sort of terrible, you know, when you're in the supermarket and you're pushing that cart all up and down the middle aisles and, and, uh, you know, what am I going to have? Like I ate, you know, I binged on this stuff last weekend, so what's the point of getting that one? But it's like, oh, but that's the old reliable. But then what about this flavor? This flavor might do it this time, you know. And, and then I, I end up coming out with two of the damn things, you know, knowing that two is more than one binge's worth. And I'm going to get abstinent tomorrow, of course, you know. I've got my Saturday morning meeting I'm going to. Um, so I'm very careful. Like I don't want to buy too much food because that's going to be too much for this binge, too much, you know, and I don't want anything left in the house. Anyway, I cart this whole load of garbage back to the house, and I'm just in the house. I'm laying on my bed eating all this stuff. And I remember one time, like, going to get up from being prone on the bed, going to get up to go use the bathroom, and I can just feel like the whole lot is going to come up. If I bend my stomach, if there's any crease in my stomach, it'll all come up. So I have to lay there and wait for a while. And um, and then, you know, there's there's more food than I can eat in one sitting. By this point, my ribs are hurting front and back. And um, I would put, like, the dust bunnies in the stuff that's melted. I'd put dust bunnies on the floor, off the floor into that stuff. And then I'm an artist, so I always had paint thinners in the house. I'd put paint thinners in the stuff, the flower products, and um, and then pass out. Like, okay, I'm set. And I'm not touching any of this stuff in the morning. It's all, like, you know, nobody would touch that. Um but then I wake up at five in the morning and uh, and my tongue is like a shag rug, you know, and I'm because, you know, when you're binging, you never brush your teeth because you never know when you're done, you know. Um, so I get up in the morning and well, no, I'd come to at five in the morning. And, you know, of course, five in the morning now is the morning. But at that point, it's like, which which is it? You know, is this still the night before when I'm binging or is this the morning when I'm going to go to my meeting and get abstinent again? And you can guess which I chose. So I'm then I'm scooping the dust bunnies out of the melted stuff and then cutting off with a knife, like cutting off the bits with paint thinner and but being sure not to cut too much off because I want to make sure there's enough to, you know, pass out again. So um, I'm just really grateful I don't have to live that way anymore. Really, really grateful. Um you know, the, the sort of shame, you come into work in the morning and, and they're like, oh, how was your weekend? And you can't really say, well, I, I blew 60 bucks at the supermarket and spent the rest of the weekend gorging myself, you know, and I'm like, oh, it was fine. How was yours? You know, change the subject. Um, I'm just really grateful I don't have to be that way today. I mean, today, um, still definitely a work in progress, but just really, really grateful. Um you know, I've moved to Idaho. I, I sort of grew up in the California Fellowship. I watched that grow from teeny, and now it's an enormous fellowship. And we started a fellowship out in Idaho. And um, 
it's really exciting to watch it grow. It's really exciting to feel like I have something to offer. Um, like we have this incredible solution. Um, and just the freedom that I feel like, and yeah, um, just the freedom to freedom. And I think one of the things I'm most grateful for is just that voice in my head is kinder now. Um, not even kinder, it's kind, it's loving, it's, um, it's encouraging, um, it wants me to do my best, and, and it's rooting for me, you know, I'm just, I f- and I feel like, for me, finding a higher power has definitely been through you guys, it really has, through all my phone calls, like, it's all my phone calls, that's the voice I hear, that's sort of like, okay, you can do it, you know, that is such a gift to me, um, and, <clears throat> and, I mean, the biggest gift is that, relative clarity that I have today and the sanity but I have to say it's an awful lot of fun being slim I it's just it's really fun it's really fun um you know I I never even tried to be a girl when I was growing up I mean I just like I'm a tomboy forget all that silly girly stuff you know um but it's really fun it's it's nice to have the choice you know it's really nice to have the choice um and like when I was getting ready for the convention, it's like everything in my closet fits. You know, I when I go shopping, I buy something because I like it rather than it happens to fit. So let's buy it in the three exciting colors, brown, navy, and what's the other one? Black or something. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, this program really changes has changed me from the inside out and I think that's why I never bothered dieting it's like what is the point I need a lobotomy not a diet you know and I feel like this program really helped me change it really you know my brain needed washing and it got you know not completely cleaned out we're still uh, still working on it but um, it has just you know and I think back I, I had an aunt back in England she lived in a beautiful home and and you know, she just was a happy person. And I remember I wanted to be her so much when I grew up, you know. And now when I look, I mean, I I live in a fancier house than I ever imagined I would. But um, anyway, I live in a beautiful home. But the main thing is I'm just, I'm a happy person. Like, there's a feeling of contentment. Um, that's amazing to me. Um, I do work that I love I I, like I said I'm an artist and I've started marketing my work and things and um, I've just never had the courage to do that I just never wanted to try anything for fear of failing and I didn't want I've just been scared I mean the longer I am in program the more I see how fear doubt and insecurity is that's my middle name and I thought I was so tough and fearless I mean I've done things like you know when I was 23 I bicycled around Ireland bicycled a uh, what was it, a thousand miles in a month or something, did not lose one pound, you know. Um, I forgot to mention I have a terrible weakness for Irishmen too. You know, the, the food, the cigarettes, and uh, Irishmen. <laughs> those, those are, that's what, you know, I mean, I think that that's a lot of why my weight uh, never got any higher. I, I've often joked, like, I, I wasted a lot of good eating time running after the wrong kind of boys. But... Um, I have done things like, you know, I used to go backpacking on my own a lot. Um, I think a lot of it was just to sort of prove that I'm tough, like no one can mess with me. And um, and people used to joke, aren't you scared to go on your own? And I used to say it would be much more frightening to go with somebody else. <laughs> I don't do people, you know. Um, and uh, 
through this program, I'm, I'm learning like how to be a friend. God forbid, how to be a nice wife. Oh, still working on that. Um, you know, I, I'm just, it's funny how this program works. The thing that scared the pants off me the most when I came into program was, uh, the committed meetings. Um, I didn't commit to anything, nothing. I didn't, if I said I'd be at your wedding, well, A, you wouldn't have invited me, but if you had, um, I wouldn't have showed up if I didn't feel like it. And generally, I didn't feel like doing anything, so I just didn't show up at stuff. Um, and coming to committed meetings every week, that, that was scary to me. Showing up, if I wasn't in my party mood, you know, I didn't want to do that stuff. Um, and when my sweetie asked me to marry him, I sort of thought, well, I can do the committed meetings. <laughs> Maybe I can get married. Um, um, there's just so many things. I don't know. I just my life is so so much better than I ever dreamed it could be. You know, um, and it's it's not even so much the outside stuff. It really is the inside stuff. Um, just a sense of well-being. Um, and not being ruled by the food, not being a slave to something like that. Um, yeah, I'm just really grateful. I don't know that I have too much more to say. Um, and, uh, yeah, just grateful to be here. Thank you all. Okay, please join me in a moment of silence and the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.